You, you, old man. Look, I am in desperate need of assistance. Well, 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 what's on your mind, little girl? Uh, I realize that you are most likely the product of lower class inbreeding, but perhaps you could help me. Oh, gosh, I certainly hope so. I have been wandering this dreary village in hopes of finding the Queen Catherine. You wouldn't have any idea where she might be docked, would you? Oh, uh, you know what you are? You're, you're one of those little uh, fancy lads, aren't you? <laughs> Boy, you're cute. Okay. Gosh, what a sweet little outfit. Is it your little spring outfit? No. <laughs> you couldn't be cuter. You're so adorable. Oh, my. You know, you remind me of my niece, Sally. Lovely girl. She's, she's a dietitian. Hey, would you like to buy a monkey? No, I don't want to buy a monkey. Are you sure? No, I'm on my way. Yeah. Ten, nine, eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. And welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world's source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Get down on your knees and kiss this man's feet. I'm Lance Wackerly. If I was that dude, I'd be dreaming of boobs. We're going to stay here all night if we have to, so let's get started. Uh, can I go when this starts to suck? Good evening. Welcome to Sick and Wrong, the world source for antisocial commentary. One of your hosts, D. Simon. Yeah, I'm Lance Wackerly. <laughs> I, li- I like the seafaring tone of voice there, Wackerly. Very you know appropriate. Very voice? appropriate for uh, this show. Oh, I know why you're saving up the seafaring voice. I'm not saving it up. I'm oh, well, I know why there. you're busting it out right busting now. It out is better. To ridicule me because of the events of this weekend. You know what? You can fuck off because I don't care. All I have to say, the events of this weekend have made me make a resolution. Not even New Year's resolution. This is a resolution I made for the rest of my life. I will never ever go into nature again the, are we specifically ever. talking about the sea are you going to stay away from the sea or hiking all the sea the mountains any of that fucking bullshit i'm never going to leave the city again what if you see a tree growing through the sidewalk are you going to give it a wide berth i'm going to walk around it 10 foot radius dude fuck nature after the experience of this past weekend I will never go into nature again. Do you have a, like a sea wench voice to say this in? Dude, I, just seriously, I know you're going to call me a pussy. Sea concubine. <laughs> I know you're going to call me a pussy. A sea, a, a sea I'm not going to call you a pussy. It, I think the facts will <laughs> spell themselves out. Well, well, let's get into a little backstory here. Okay, I, I don't know if we didn't mention this on the show earlier. but You might have mentioned it. I think I did mention it. Did you? Okay, Maybe, you might have mentioned it. So this past weekend, both Wackerly and I participated in a deep-sea fishing expedition in the Pacific Ocean. And the reason we went on this is because a a former guest we've had on the show, Big Jeff, it was Big Jeff's birthday, Uh and uh, he wanted to get everybody together, like seven of of his friends, uh, to all go out and do a deep-sea fishing trip. And to to your credit, it was actually more than seven, and a couple of people dropped out because which they I had should have been one of those quote people. unquote like other obligations or something. But they might have just known what you didn't know. Uh, God, I wish I would have had the foresight. <laughs> but so anyway, at the time when Jeff proposed the idea, which was about a month ago, I was like, "Yeah, this sounds pretty cool." You know, he made it sound really cool. I was like, "You know, this sounds like I could be like Hemingway, go out in the ocean." I've never been on a small boat in the ocean. I've, I've only been in the ocean like maybe twice. I was right? Like, Did you read the Old Man in the Sea though? 
Nasty. It's like a horrific <laughs> ordeal that the old man goes through. So that but, should have been your first. But clue. I was thinking, okay, you know, I can engage in some alpha male activities. I can okay, go around with it with the tough guys and be a you know be a, a tough guy and go out in the sea and and fish with a you know fish with the other sailors. I was I was thinking, you know, this is something I could do. I've never done it before. New experience. Yeah. But as soon as as you know as we're approaching closer to the date. You know, like the last week, because the fishing Anxiety trip... Anxiety set in. Well, the fishing trip was on Sunday, and I went out with this girl on Wednesday, and she was telling me, have you ever been on a boat before? And I was like, no. She goes, you're going to be violently ill. And I was like, <laughs> really? She goes, yeah. I was violently ill the entire time I was on the boat, and then when I got to land, four hours after that, I was still ill. Huh. And I was thinking... That doesn't sound too cool. Did I sign up? I've got a bad feeling about uh, this. Uh, uh, so my reservations, my reservations set in. And then on Sunday, when we had to wake up at, what, 4.30 in the goddamn morning to go out to the Berkeley Marina? Yeah, we had to be on the boat at the dock at 5.30 a.m. And, and we had to pick up I, somebody on the way there, so that made it, yeah, at 4.30 we got up. And Wackerly and I had been drinking till what, 1, 1.30 the night before? So we only had yeah, maybe three that. hours of sleep. I told You kept saying, oh, we'll just... We'll just Go drinking, but then go home at, at midnight. And I well, kept saying, because, no, dude, it's not going to happen. I think unconsciously I wanted to pass out and sleep through the alarm and uh, not go on yeah, the fishing I wasn't trip. Let that happen. Yeah, you didn't. So we ended up going out there. And, and you know, as soon as we got on the boat, you could feel like the, uh, the adrenaline. People were kind of excited, getting pumped up. You know, it's kind of cool. Until uh, my Jewish ass had to pay out 130 bucks. <laughs> yeah, it was quite expensive. Yeah, it was quite expensive for the ordeal. But as soon as the boat took off, and we started getting out towards the ocean underneath the Golden Gate Bridge, out of the bay, and yeah, the into bay, the Pacific Ocean. The bay ocean. Is, is not the ocean. It's flat. You know, it's like driving around a lake or something or a pond. But, but as then, soon as we get, went uh, into the right. deep blue expansive ocean, that's when the apprehension sent in. And I was like, what the fuck am I doing? Right. So the waves start. And... And people should understand that I think if you go if you were to go to Florida or maybe if we were to even pay like more, Gulf of Mexico, yeah, or if we were to pay like three hundred bucks a piece, I think you can go on deep sea fishing trips where it is like flying first class. Like you know, you're on this big fancy a yacht, boat, yeah, and you know you have like two sea butlers that do everything for you, and you just sit there and like maybe reel a little bit, and then you you're drinking mai tais and stuff like that. But this was like a real fishing boat. Dude, it this was, was small. A, this was a far cry from a, a, a fancy yacht. This yeah, was like maybe, a tiny fishing vessel. Maybe we should move on to describing the other uh, the what, horrific guess? ordeal. No, you the, mean, the, the ongoing other, trauma. I was gonna say the other the other people who are on this fishing boat with us i mean maybe we should start with the crew but there's the, but, a salty sea captain with am i jumping ahead here no well i just wanted to point out i actually initially thought that they're only going to be because there are like seven of us that were going to go i just right. thought it was just going to be the captain the crew and the seven of us i didn't realize that there'd be the seven of us like eight asian dudes that are fishing for their food for the next two months yeah like fresh off the boat from asia Asians. yeah like a hamong or something i don't know what they were <laughs> one guy was Hmong, i think the other were chinese well then there was a couple there's a family and then there Not was a, the, well let's characterize that a little better a single mom with her two like eight and 12 year old kids and then her boyfriend who was like trying to show them a manly yeah. time you know <laughs> The they're probably a little bit dad. sissified because you know they have, they're just living with their mom, so he was gonna you know harden them the fuck up. The surrogate dad was there, and he was fishing with the kids, and they were right. really into it. Yeah, but, and the dad was you know 
overcompensating for not being their real dad by being extra manly. What about the Kurt Russell guy who was smoking weed the whole time? Kurt Russell. Did you see that guy that was kind of like, I don't know, he was wearing a hat, he was smoking weed, he was just a good old boy, he was just oh, friends with everybody? Call, I wouldn't call him Kurt Russell, I would call him Jimmy Buffett wannabe. <laughs> okay, I guess he was more like Jimmy Buffett. Across Actually, I have with, a specific point about that guy. He had a mullet. Guy. I have a specific point about that guy. Uh, I don't know if you know, saw his hat. It said, know, it said fear no fish, and I was like, what a fucking lame-ass sentiment, you know, fear no fish. What, what does that mean? Well, it's just stupid, like, I don't scare. It's like, it's like if you were hunting, you know, bears. Line, yeah, bears. You'd be like, I don't fear any bear, but, like, we're talking about fish here. Yeah, it's like, like who, I, well, I was except, about to say. Except who, I was going to point out that I thought it was stupid until later in the day I noticed that you actually were fearing the fish I was scared to death of those motherfuckers now, I mean I can see I can see what you're saying about the guy's hat like fear no fish who would be scared of a fish dude no joke those things are fucking scary they're, they're vicious scary. creatures yeah it's the type of sentiment that you could you can you know laugh about or make fun of when you're like walking through Union Square like look at that jack off in that hat but then when you're like pulling this you know, four foot, ugly ass fucking fish with, with razor teeth sharp teeth and poison spines. And the, and the thing like, is, I am kind of scared of this fucking fish. And once, and you know, I thought as soon as the fish, you know, it, what they do is, when, as soon as they're on the hook, they pull them off and just throw them on the deck. I figured, okay, well, they're in the air, they're incapacitated. No, they're violently thrashing around, gnashing their teeth at anything that comes within like a few inches of them. And they threw them right at my feet. I, I, well, there's not even that much room. I mean, your feet are in like a foot-wide little space, you know, along the side of the boat. Well, dude, I, I'm not ashamed to admit, I, yeah, I did shriek like a woman and run away. <laughs> Almost knocked one of those Asian guys over the side. Dude, the thing was vicious. What am I supposed to do? Uh, and, so, and, and so anyway, we set out, and these waves, I mean, these were like 15-foot waves. If that boat was going back and forth, back and forth, like, I mean, seriously. Yeah, yeah, they were about 15 feet. At, at points, it got worse and better as the day went on. And then, so then they give forth. you these huge poles. I mean, seriously, as soon as that fisherman put his pole in my hand, <laughs> I knew I had made a mistake. <laughs> I seriously did. Oh, this is way more than I bargained for. <laughs> exactly. It's way too large. Exactly. I was just like, I'm about to go back inside the cabin and hide, which I did do a couple hours later. But he put us on the side of the boat, and there was like, what, a foot over? I mean, to where you're actually over the boat? Yeah, about a foot and a half. About a foot and a half. Between the cabin and the rail, where that's where you stand and fish. And seriously, I'm not a tall man. That pole <laughs> was like at least maybe two times my height. Yeah, but not being a tall man. So like you said, these waves are 15 feet, you know, peak to trough. And the boat's pretty much at sometimes like at a 45 degree angle. Yeah. So if you're standing on the downside of no the jacket. boat, being short kind of has an advantage because, you know... The railing comes up to your chest. But now Big Jeff, <laughs> he's a huge man with a lot of, like, he's very top-heavy. Yeah, a lot of top-heaviness The railing there. only comes up to, like, his knees. So well, he fucking backed off for that <laughs> railing right quick. <laughs> well, then, you know, that that actually was kind of scaring me, too, because he was fishing right next to me. I was just like, there's a lot of weight on this side of the boat. But so anyway, Big Jeff actually ended up getting kind of sick, and so he was the first person that went and had to sit down. Seasick, right. Yeah, and so I was fishing next to another guy in our group, Ronnie, who's kind of a manly man, big beard. Yeah, you know, he's and, like a welder. For yeah, a I mean, he was just like, I've done this before, I'm not scared. And so you grab the pole, and they say, drop. And you're supposed to, you attach like a two-pound weight to it, and it goes all right. the way down it's 200 feet fishing. to the bottom, bottom of the ocean. Yeah. And so... 
I was like, okay, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I kept getting my 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 cord or whatever those things, <laughs> the, the line. line tangled up and bird nesting, like they called it, <laughs> right. which they were all getting quite upset about that. Yeah. And so I, my my thing's bird nested. I couldn't do anything. And Ronnie starts pulling up a fish. Your reel was bird nested. My reel, yeah, yeah the, the whatever it was. And so Ronnie's pulling up this fish, and it's fighting with him. I mean, his pole is completely bent. He's pulling this thing up. It takes him like a good 15 minutes to get this thing up up onto the, onto the deck. Right. These were dude, rock cod. Mostly. It was called a lean cod. Oh, the and big guess, ones were the lean, lean cod. Dude, this was like or four link foot cod? long. Link cod or lean cod. Yeah. It had massive teeth, big bug eyes. He threw it down, and it's just like whipping around on the deck. And I I was freaking out. And I was like, what are we supposed to do with it? And the guys, and so that avuncular black fellow who was a member of the crew... Yeah, Would so you, the crew was a captain who just sat in the driver's seat up in the uh, the bridge, I guess you call it. Yeah, that guy was a um, dick. And then there were two deckhands who were – because obviously, I guess nobody really knew what they were doing. Maybe the the overly manly uh, mom's boyfriend, he'd been out fishing the before. The Kurt Russell-Jimmy Buffett Kurt Russell-Jimmy Buffett hybrid, he'd been fishing many times. Yeah. But the Chinese dudes didn't – I guess they had their own pole, so maybe they kind of knew what they were doing. But none of our group knew what the fuck we were doing. They didn't seem to have the fear of fish that I did. One guy had been fishing down in Mexico. He knew what he was doing. But so anyway, these two deckhands were kind of going around helping people out. Yeah. And uh yeah, so what the the one deckhand, the avuncular black fellow who looked like he could have been in like a Stephen King book. Yeah. You know, it's just Stephen like Stephen King always has an avuncular black fellow. There's always like that benevolent black guy. And then they always get guy. an axe in the back by the at the end of the Well, movie. I was expecting a shark to come up and eat him. <laughs> but so so anyway, that guy walks by he's like, "Just shove him in the sack, boy." And it's like they give you a burlap sack just and you're supposed to grab the fish by its mouth uh-huh. and shove it in the sack. Right, and so when which I which is so- not intuitive because you're like this fish is gonna bite the shit off my hand, but then you find out that like really what you have to worry about are the fins have these spines in them that are poison. If they stick you, your like hand will go numb. For Razor three days. sharp gills. <laughs> and so anyway, Ronnie catches this fish, and he even manly Ronnie was kind of freaked out about yeah, it. So this is you said it's like four feet long, and it's probably Nat- what, it's it's thrashing pounds, about fifteen to twenty pounds. It was a vicious sea creature, believe me, a <laughs> leviathan. And so I was sitting there like, I, dude, at that point, I wasn't even just shocked and appalled. I was more, I was scared to death. I was just like, oh my God, dude, I'm not going to catch one of those. Had you ever been fishing before? No. Never. Well, once, I think when we went camping, but I didn't have to that do anything. That wasn't real fishing. Yeah, was I just was just college drunk. drinking. I think I fell in the water while I was fishing. So no, I've never experienced anything like this before. And when I saw that Leviathan on the deck right next to me, I was just like, Oh my god, dude! I'm going back in the cabin. There's no way. And so then, the the avuncular black guy comes by, and he was like, "Hey, let me fix your pole." Here you go. Now, now you're fishing. And he throws the pole over there, and I was just kind of like holding the pole, not knowing what to do. And then all of a sudden, it starts like pulling, and he goes, "You got a bite! You got a bite, boy!" And I was just like, "Oh, dude," because <laughs> I was like, "I don't even want this thing." And so I'm sitting there trying to reel it up, hoping that it would let go of the hook and swim away. But no, he grabs the pole and pulls it up so it's almost out of the water, then hands it back to me. And so the fish is thrashing about, and it's like a pretty decent-sized fish, probably like two feet. I mean, those fish so in the deep caught, sea. You caught one of the, the rock cods. Those yeah, like it wasn't, it wasn't the monster. Each, yeah. But I mean, it was still a, a, a fish. Right. And so I went and grabbed it off the hook, and he's like, pull it on the deck, pull it on the deck. And I was like, okay. And I kind of pushed the pole over, and he grabs it and just throws it down at my feet, and I screamed. <laughs> 
Dude, it landed on my waist. Why did I stand next to you? Why was I way in the back? I, I don't know. Like, this would have really I, made my day. And he's just like, now put it in the bag. And I was like, I'm not touching it. He's like, just grab it. Put it in the bag. I was like, no. And the I just bag, left The it. bags really do like look like something from a concentration camp that like we get put <laughs> over a prisoner's head as they're going to the gas chamber. Well, I don't know. He's just like, now put the fish in the goddamn bag. <laughs> And uh, I was now he's like, getting angry. He was getting kind of mad. He wasn't avuncular anymore. He he's getting... had about enough of your sissification of the, so boat, of the trip. <laughs> I tried to reach towards it, and it's thrashing about. And I just kind of kicked it at him. And then he and I was like, I'm not fucking touching it. And he just grabs. It, he's like, You a goddamn sissy. <laughs> and he picks it up and he put it in the bag and just shoved them through the bag at me. And you know the the Asian guys that were fishing next to us all started laughing at that point. And it was there that I decided. I'm just going to go in the cabin and just pretend to be ill, which I did for the next three hours. But I thought you caught – now, I think you're fabricating this a little bit because I thought you caught like five fish. Or was after, that a fabrication? That was after because that's oh, when I moved by where later. you guys were. Oh, but that, okay. at that point, though, I wasn't by myself because that, that guy, Max, who was part of our group, was picking right. up the fish. He would pick up the fish for you. You had a fish picker up. Or yeah, and, and then they were all like, Dave doesn't like to touch the fish. Ho, 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 ho. You know, Dave's not going to touch the fish. And it's just like, yo, yo, fuck you guys. Like, you touch one of those. Well, I guess they did. But I wasn't going to touch those fish. And I never will do it again. And not what, about to, the, what about the orange ones? I think they call them, like, a carpaccio or something. With the big bug eyes, eyes that are sticking were like, out. Like, inflate three feet out of their head or something. But Three well, inches. But, wackily, you were in the back of the boat. And you were, I mean, you were enjoying yourself. You were, like, in your own natural environment. I was kind of like, I can't believe Wackerly is such an outdoorsman. Well, I fish quite a bit. Did your father never, never ever take you? Never at the deep sea, but did your father take you fishing? Yeah, but more like we would go fish and smoke and get high in high school with your dad. Oh, no, okay, no, no, with my friends in high school. <laughs> see, that's where most of my fishing was done. Yeah, but, but you never in Michigan. You go in the river and you'll fucking never catch shit. But I mean, you know, for, like formative weeks, and weeks years, and then you'll catch though. like one little fish. But this is just like fish are just every time you put your pole down. Well. If you, you know, some of these people, every time they put their pole down, they would bring something up. I was maybe half the time. Or you caught a lot of fish, though. You probably no, got. No, you a, caught more. I think you caught. This is what I was gonna say. As much as I'm making fun of you, I think you caught like five, and I caught three. Well, so and I the three hid, in this little tiny orange roughy, which I actually ate, and it was actually good. After being called a sissy, I hid in the cabin for a while, for a good three hours, and I was just kind of pretending to be ill. And then I ventured back out a little later. Right, and and that's when when I was fishing, where near where you were fishing on the other side of the boat, away from the avuncular black guy, and uh, I was just sitting there fishing, and I was kind of like, you know, I'm not even going to let this drop all the way because I don't want to catch any fish, but it doesn't matter. You have three hooks on it. I caught three fish right. on three hooks. I didn't. I wasn't doing. I wasn't trying. <laughs> yeah, this is. I didn't want to catch, catch the fish. Ah, oh, dude, it was awful. It was so, a but horrific you mentioned, ordeal. You mentioned that you sat in the cabin for like three hours, which. Um, Brings up the point of this kind of surprised me. We were out on that boat for twelve hours. It it was nightmarish. It is it is a, an ordeal. I it'll take me years to forget. So we go. We you know get there at six a.m. It takes you two hours just to get out to the part of the ocean where you want, where they wanted to fish, and then we fish for but dude, four or five like hours, an eternity. Five we hours. fish for, and then they're like, "Well, this is the this is the last." quote drop and so everybody's kind of like 
oh, cool, you know, this has been fun, but it's also fucking backbreaking. Do you, do you remember, though, at that point, we were both on the side of the boat, just kind of sitting there, and I was just like, thank God, we're turning <laughs> back and we're going home. Right. And that's when Which the Which I actually was under that mistaken impression also, but oh, no. Well, that's when that one guy, Cooper, the uh, happy-go-lucky extreme fisherman, walks by so and was like... The, the deckhand's partner was like... Uh, 35 to 45 it was hard to tell because he had sunglasses on he was having too much white guy who was like you know energy level at 200 percent the whole time the whole 12 hours he was a fucking mountain dew commercial that dude was like having too much fun and he walks by and he like slaps me on the back he's like we're not going back yet we got crabs to catch yeah it was kind of with the black man it was more derisive like you know I can't yeah, he called me a people, sissy. I can't believe your people, have, you white people, have oppressed my people for <laughs> 200 years, you motherfucking faggots. Um, but the white guy was more the forced camaraderie, and but it's camaraderie slash derision. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah. it's like a very backhanded, uh, you know, friendly comments, but at the same time, kind of calling you a dick. Yeah, exactly. And and so then we had to go. I'm sure it goes over very well with like the tourists. I imagine the like tourists must enjoy it. Yeah. Well, they would have thought he was like, wow, this guy's a real Salty fisherman. Salty seaman, fisherman, yeah, extreme mountain dew dude. He's like, came from the brine of the sea. Right. But so, so what we had to do for the next two and a half fucking hours, we had to cruise around the ocean. Oh, at least. I thought it was more like four. Maybe. Okay, maybe it was like Because we had to drive to where the crab, so not, we went to get crabs. Yeah, and there were like these buoys, and they'd pull up these cages with like, what, two crabs in the thing? Yeah, it's called a pot. <clears throat> I hid back in the cabin during this whole. Well, there's ordeal. no nobody does anything. This is the deckhands are like you know it's their show at that point because that's more of a technical procedure. You just can't have like the hamong dudes helping bring up the crab pots. <laughs> well, you know what was funny is so when I was sitting there just dreading life, thinking, "Wow, I really know the meaning of hell right now." It's deep sea fishing. I realized. Well, you thought we were going back. Yeah, well, at I, until still, I, right? I, no, at, at that point, I knew we were crabbing for the next four hours, <laughs> okay. and I was just like, I'm in hell, and I'm just going to grin and bear it, close my eyes, and just try to forget about it. Then I realized that my phone actually got reception there. My my cell phone gets no reception in my my studio in apartment the in the Tenderloin, <laughs> but what, 35 miles out in sea? It was about 25 miles, yeah. So I was texting, you know, some ladies and just <laughs> trying to yeah, pass the yeah. time. I was going to wait for that. That was going to be my closing uh, image of <laughs> you but uh, if you want to talk about now yeah the whole crabbing part and most of the ride back in you're in the cabbing text messaging which yeah, I'm dude. sure really improved the avuncular black man's image of you. You know, I, I, this is all I have to say. <laughs> Fuck those guys because I couldn't care less. I had just been through hell and I was trying to divert my mind. The yeah. pain had already set in. This is kind of a disjointed description, but I keep wanting to go back to other little vignettes from the trip. And one of my favorites was, well, first of all, I should just I just wanted to thank you because. I enjoy myself, but I wouldn't have enjoyed myself nearly as much if you wouldn't have been so miserable. You're <laughs> that sad- really made my trip. You're a sadistic bastard, Wackerly. I want to start going like with you to the dentist when you have a root canal or... I don't know if you've had a pet and you had to go put it to sleep. I would like to go to that. <laughs> I would um, rather do... Any the- funerals you have to go to of <laughs> close family members? Can I come along? I I'll would, be quiet. I mean, I'll enjoy myself in, in silence. I'll be, I, I, I'll be respectful. You just like seeing me in pain. Yeah. I would rather, seriously, I would rather go to the dentist and have a tooth pulled than ever go back on the ocean again and fish. 
Well, it wouldn't take as long, that's for sure. No, dude, that that was a horrific ordeal. I seriously was traumatized by that incident. But I wanted to point this out. This was the this was the little part of the story that I liked, and I don't. I think this is it for me. But uh, actually, there's one other thing that's not related to you, actually. Um, but as we're going to the, you know, we actually had to travel quite a distance between where we stopped fishing to get to the first crab pot. Yeah, dude. It was and like so everybody has all, everybody has all these fish, and uh, most of us. Um, you know, have no idea what to do with a whole live fish. <laughs> I didn't even want them. And that's, and I think that's pretty accepted that people on this, you know, like recreational fishing trip don't do that. So a vuncular black man steps up to the plate and for a dollar per fish, he will, you know, get Mutilate the fish it. into a semblance of kind of what it would look like if you went to the grocery store and got it, which isn't very close to what it looks like from the grocery store, as a matter of fact. You're being kind in your description of what he was doing. You're, well, this is the point I was You're get undermining to. the brutality. You're completely mortified at how a fish goes to, from being, you know, a fish that's not having a very good time. It's in a boat, in a burlap sack. But it's having a much better time than what's about to happen. Dude, Leather... <laughs> when it becomes a fish fillet. Leatherface was pulling out live fish and slicing <laughs> them alive. So they're still flipping around with half their body removed. Do I And need then to... chucking them in the ocean. I know. And you were just amazed by this. You had to you had to move away from the, fil- the fillet station. You couldn't station go so anywhere couldn't else. Well, you kind of went around to the side of the cabin where you didn't have a direct line of sight. Dude, seriously, I'm vegetarian, but I eat fish. So I, I guess know. I'm a Can I get the tape from last week? You just said last week, and I quote, fish don't have feelings. You know, I still don't think they have feelings, but at the same time, I don't want to see them being butchered. I'm like this close to not eating fish anymore. Are you going to become vegan? Not vegan, because I, you know, I'll eat dairy and dairy. eggs. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just never want to see a fish being slaughtered have again. Have you ever seen a cow milked in one of those milking machines? <laughs> I'd rather see that than the, than the fish being butchered. But like you that. haven't seen it. No. So I think that might get you off the milk. <laughs> <laughs> um, and actually, but actually, this story leads into the last thing I wanted to talk about, which was the Asians. So this black man, he makes a dollar per fish, and, you know, the white people just combined on the boat probably caught, like, 80 fish. I yeah, mean, no, seriously, so everyone caught their limit. Yeah. So he wants to do as many of these as possible because it's, like, a nice little extra chunk of change for him. You know, I'm sure he's not paying taxes on his <laughs> fish fillet <laughs> profits. Fish um, but the Asian people do not want their fish touched. You want to know why, and though? in addition... They want all the parts of the fish that are left over from all the white people's fish. <laughs> like, and I don't even want to imagine what dishes are being made in those Chinese households. It, you know, it was kind of funny because I remember sitting there trying to shield my eyes from the, the, the fish guts being splattered everywhere. So the, and let, me, like, let me point out another thing. So most of the stuff, the black man, he cuts out the fillets, which is basically the entire the, side the of, the of the fish. And like, the yeah. guts are sort of left in the center. And he's tossing them over the boat, and there's like a hundred seagulls just behind the boat, just swooping on the corpse. To get all this, uh, but these Asian carnage. guys started complaining to you know to the guys saying, "We'll take the the the, the corpse, like right. the guts of the fish." And come on, D, do it right. Accent, please. What's that? Give give a head. I want that head. My last my last story, just to seal. I, I kind of want to leave these painful memories behind me. We're, you know, we're almost on our way back. We caught all the crabs, and I was just kind of sitting there, and uh, I was so annoyed, and my phone no longer got reception at that point, <laughs> and I was just like, I walked outside to go smoke a cigarette. Couldn't get a lighter from anybody. Uh-huh. Finally got a light, and I was sitting there, smoked my cigarette, 
And then I went to the trash can. It's dark can. at this point. It's we, dark. we left the harbor at dark, and by the time we're getting back, yeah, it's dark and it, it fucking cold. Probably six at night, freezing my ass off. I go take my cigarette, and I flick it in the trash can and throw the, the empty case of cigarettes in there, and I start walking back, and the Asians start freaking out. They're like, what you doing? What you doing, white man? And I was like, what, what do you mean? I look back. Dude. I, I thought it was a garbage can, but it was actually a garbage can that was filled with crabs. They put all the crabs in They the put all the crabs in There was in a the, garbage can, but that was a different one. It was a different one. So they're like, do you get your cigarette? And I was like, oh my God. I had to put my hand into a garbage can with a bunch of like, you know, live crabs, crabs live crabs with claws. Uh, it was awful. It was awful. I was, you know, at that point I was just like, you know what? This sucked. We I'm even, done. And we didn't even talk about all the spewing. Oh yeah, you know even the Asians. Half the boat was were spewing across. The, the Asians side. who were experienced fishermen were were spewing puke and still fishing the whole time. Right, I think that is the mark of an experienced fisherman. I mean, if you don't puke and you keep fishing, who's? I mean, that doesn't take any skill. It made me but go hide to, in the cabin. Being able to barf and keep fishing—that's that's real experience. You know, dude, I'm a I'm so comfortable in my sexuality that I'm not ashamed to admit that. Yeah, I was scared of the fish. And yeah, fuck that guy. He did text message. He, for half he the can trail. call me a sissy. I will never do something like that again. I think I'm, I'm seriously. I think I'm too metrosexual to go onto a boat. I think that's true. <laughs> I, I don't know, and I'm not ashamed to admit it. I'm happy about it. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's not like it is a, a rough experience. Like a rough. That's putting it lightly. But I, but most guys. <laughs> At least this is not. I'm not even gonna say that. Dude, I feel like I this escaped from I the Holocaust. It. This is how I take it. It's like backbreaking. You're out there all day. You have to get up early. It sucks to be hungover on the boat. But when you get back, you're like, well, that was a pretty, you know, interesting experience. But you don't even feel that way. No, dude. That was that was not only was it a waste of 120 dollars or 130 dollars. It was a nightmarish ordeal that I never want to live through again. But, but seriously, about- I feel like I should be writing a book about my, you know, I escaped from the concentration camp. <laughs> That was the boat. You should call it the young metrosexual. Well, not really young. Um, <laughs> the metrosexual Jew in the sea. That's right. That's, I nominate that as the title. Jews and semen don't mix. I'm yeah. sorry. I don't. I don't know. But you, you and don't forget. I mean, you spent all that money, but you got all that fish. Yeah, which I don't even know what to do with. Like, have you cooked that fish? I, I don't know what to do with f- it. I cooked some of the fish last night. Dude, I... I, I deep fried it in uh, beer and flour and salt. It was very tasty. It was good? Yeah. It's f- fresh ass. You made... Fresh fish. They were alive the day before, and I ate them. I, I just don't know. Like, I don't know how to debone them. I think you I'm don't, just... Don't, just don't debone them. Take the skin off. You don't even have to do that if you're going to, like, saute it. You can leave the skin on. But I took the skin off because I was deep frying it. Um, and just eat it, and you know, there's not that many bones. There, you you feel them in your teeth, and you take them out. This is my plan. I think I'm going to bring them up to the roof of my building, leave it out there for a day, and then just hit crackheads <laughs> with fish fillets. What about putting it in your sister's pillowcase at Thanksgiving? That's a good idea. You know, actually, that is a really good good idea because we're both going to be over there for Thanksgiving uh, this Thursday. Yeah, which will be kind of a good idea. Yeah, I know. We'll be, we'll both be over there. And we'll both probably be pretty drunk, so maybe yeah. I will have to grab a fish fillet. I know. We should polish up this story to be a, a true fisherman story. Like, that, that first fish, the kraken, was like, it was eight feet long, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, I think it was eight feet long, weighed right. about 250 pounds. And didn't it bite Ronnie's uh, pinky finger off? Don't you remember Yeah, that? I don't know. I know it severed some, <laughs> some limb or something. I think there was a tourniquet applied at one point. 
I don't know. My, you know, I my sister called me when uh, we were on our way back from the from the, the ordeal, and I was like, I can't talk to you right now. And she was laughing the entire time. So yes, I imagine I was actually driving, and my my enjoyment of your misery was still going on at that point. Listening to you talk to your sister. Yeah, keep on smiling, you bastard. I will. All I have to say is, people, if you come ever, if you ever come to the uh, the West Coast here in in San Francisco, I don't recommend going deep sea fishing. I do. Like I said, it, it was an experience. I, I would do it again, but not for at least a year and probably more like two years. I will never do it again, and I'll never go camping. And if any of my friends are like, oh, we're going to do a big birthday thing, I'm just going to give you the finger for a present because I'm <laughs> never going to do anything like that again. If it involves, like, but seriously, if it's like a friend is like, yeah, it's my birthday, we're going to go to the strip club, we're going to go see some titties and then go get wasted, maybe get an eight ball of Coke, yeah, I'm in. <laughs> that sounds great. You know, let's go to Vegas. Yeah, I'm in. If he says, well, no, actually, we're going to go uh, hunt elk in the, in the forest, I'm not down. You're we're going to go fish for rock cod in the, in the ocean. So not no down. camping, no hang gliding trips or anything like that. I will never venture back into the showiness of nature. Mark my words, Wackerly. Okay. So people, this, I know. People, this is episode 150 here of Sick and Wrong. Quick recap of last week's show, episode 149. If you recall, we did three listener submissions because they were that good. Uh, the first listener is Sweet Virginia. She sent in a story about a Swedish bestiality interest group that um, I imagine was quite popular over there in Sweden. Uh, the second story was sent in by Daniel. It's about an Australian incest uh, guy Party having sex club. with his mom situation. Oh. <laughs> And uh, finally, Jason sent a story about the Long Island peanut butter corpse disposal technique. Uh, believe it or not, the Australian incest story came in with 108 votes. Listener uh, who sent in the Sweet Virginia, who sent in the Swedish bestiality story, came in with 72. And uh, Jason came in way back, third place, with 33 votes for his Long Island story. That's very odd because we've gotten a lot of comments about the bestiality story, like on the forum and such. The bestiality story sparked discussion. Right, but the more votes went to the incest. Huh? Yeah, it was. Well, I think a lot of people were shocked by that. A lot of people wrote in, "No, there's no matter how many fosters I drank, there's no amount of fosters that would would keep me drunk enough to have sex with my mother." So you would let your mother be burnt at the stake or whatnot. <laughs> Rather, yeah, rather that's... than drink a bunch of fosters and fuck her. Exactly, that's what they were saying. I don't think I they don't were... want to be around your house at Mother's Day. Okay, that's all I'm saying, <laughs> people. So, uh, Daniel, you ended up winning episode 149, and we'll be getting a sick and wrong care package in the mail. People, you know the way sick and wrong works. Wackerly and I comb the internet for the most disturbing news items of the week. Present them here on the show. Audience votes, winner gets a case of beer. We throw in a wild card submission with a listener article, which you can send to sick and wrong podcast at uh, hotmail.com. Uh, Wackerly, I don't know if you want to kick off episode 149 here with your story. Argentine ex-police chief Mario Ferreira was charged with abuses during the country's uh, 1976 to 1983 military dictatorship. Is that a junta? You know, I I think it is a junta is when a dictatorship takes over a country. Uh, That's the process of takeover. Yeah. Oh, that's too bad because that word's better than dictatorship. Um, But anyways, he shot himself at his home uh, as police preparing preparing to arrest him. Um, I guess just this past week. Uh, kind of a boring story at that point, but 
just let's keep listening. <laughs> Police were on their way to arrest him at his farm home in the northern province of Tucuman. Tuco. <laughs> Shortly before the in- incident on Thursday, having protested his innocence against allegations of human rights abuses during the military dictatorship, which resulted from a junta. So maybe I mean you know what a junta is? I think no, it's when they overthrow like they overthrow the government. So like the general of the army comes in and fucking point blank range, shoots the president in the head. That's the junta. Like, I'm he's, the boss now, bitch. The general of the junta. Yeah. Okay. Uh I lost my place. Um Ferreira Well, anyways, I almost skipped over the interesting point. <laughs> um the cops are on the way to the farm to arrest him. Um at the farm, he was actually being interviewed on live TV at his home. So he, they were interviewing him about the his news impending was arrest. Interviewing him. He, you know, he'd been in jail before, actually, for, for these uh, alleged abuses. And I guess the cops decided he needed uh, some more time in there. Uh, wasn't quite done yet. <laughs> I, I don't think they have like that double jeopardy thing in Argentina. Um, they just can keep going back and be like, yeah, we think you go back to the jail now, man. Uh, but he was doing a live TV interview at his home, um, and as he was being but, interviewed, Ferreira put a revolver to his head and pulled the trigger. His last words were, Hasta siempre, Maria. A promise of undying love to his wife. And I have no idea. I did take some Spanish in high school, but hasta siempre means like until always or I love you, you always or, or something. Isn't it like a... Siempre is... Did the Big Bopper have a song called Hasta Siempre Maria or something? The Big Bopper? Or, or Letter Richie to Maria. Valens. Richie Valens. That's what I was thinking of. <laughs> Whatever. Pretty... Okay, Richie Valens. Ricky guy... Ricardo. Richie Valens, the guy with the Latino sounding name, was the Latino one. The oh, Big Bopper okay. was the other one. <laughs> Dude, Big See Bopper. That? It's, like a monom- <laughs> it's like a monomic... I can never say that word. Mnemonic. Mnemonic device. <laughs> I need a mnemonic device to remember how to say that word. So wait, okay. So this dude, he was on what? Mexican, Argentinian television, whatever. Was he wearing a bumblebee suit when he actually <laughs> shot himself in the head? I would assume so. I mean, if you've ever watched Mexican television, they all have bumblebee Even suits. Even the news, news reporters it's do. It's all dudes in bumblebee suits and super hot chicks with like... Uh, ridiculous ridiculous cleavage yeah (laughs) but you know what's funny about it it's like we're not even okay you know we're exaggerating a bit here but i saw the video on live leak of the guy actually shooting himself in the head and it he doesn't have a bumblebee suit on no he doesn't does the bumblebee guy come out in the middle of it (laughs) it's like no me gusta intermission commercial break (laughs) no me gusta no actually what ended up happening is you see the guy sitting there and he kind of looked up he bore a striking resemblance to sean connery which Sean um, Sean Connery, but so we old Sean Connery, old right? Sean Connery, yeah. yeah. So he pulls out the gun, shoots himself in like the back of the ear, uh huh. And uh, the whole time, there's like this kind of banana boat Mexican music playing in the background, like you know that like tuba weird music that they play. Now, do you think that was the real music from the show? Like it was a lighthearted yeah. interview show? Or I, I, okay, I thought it was dubbed in, but now that you mention it, yeah, it was probably just the dude, normal. Even regular newscast there, yeah. It's Argentine, like, Argentine. Well, you know how, like in this country, we have like you know, I don't know, whatever. They make some kind of fancy techno music and in musical interlude, <laughs> like Dateline or something. In Argentina, it's just like they only have tubas and trumpets. So really, they're just like boom, 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 oompa, oompa. Yeah. You know, it's like, yeah. and then you think they would import a synthesizer or something? Or something? Yeah, I don't or know. Get, I mean, you could make better music when one of your politicians kills themselves. Right. Well, you. I don't. 
I guess police chief maybe he's a politician. Sheriff, you have to run for that, right? Yeah. Um, just some closing items. So did anyone get blood splatter, or was it just kind of self-contained gunshot? Uh, yeah, now that you mention it, two of his four children watched in horror as the shooting took place. They were left covered in blood. God, that's got to be traumatic. <laughs> he was a controversial figure. You'll figure. never forget that moment. Yeah, he was a controversial figure who ran Tucuman province with an iron grip during and after the notorious dictatorship. Uh, he was accused of several crimes, including kidnapping and torture. He'd spent seven years in jail for the cold-blooded execution of three robbers in 1991. So there was blood on his hands. Well, they were Seriously, robbers. he's like Mussolini. <laughs> they, were, they were like, think of, think of the Hamburglar. Dude, this guy... He guy's... deserves to be capped. <laughs> this guy's like Mussolini. Yeah, I wonder what the... They probably... <clears throat> each of them got like a peso and a half, and he just decided to execute, <laughs> execute them summarily. They probably stole someone's burrow, yeah. you know? The families of some of the alleged victims said the suicide was part of a pact of silence, and he was... Uh, trying to avoid testifying against some of his former colleagues that were also accused of kidnapping and killing and other Argentine whatnots. So they're implying organized crime. Yeah. Interesting. Um, a lot of this was uh, took place during a period that be- became known as the Dirty War. The Dirty War. The Dirty War. I'm, the Dirty I'm, Argentine War. Yeah, yeah, I wonder what the Dirty Argentine War is all about. I don't even know if I want to go down there and check it out. No. Although I've always wanted to go to Buenos Aires. Heard the women there are beautiful. Um, isn't there a town there that's shaped like an airplane? Is there? Brasilia? Is that in Argentina or is that in Brazil? I I would assume Brazil, but yeah. I'm not quite sure. Well, you know, like Kansas City is in Missouri. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So on the sick of wrong <laughs> but it's star like scale, an airplane, have you ever heard about? Is Kansas City? No, Brasilia. <laughs> no, I, I don't understand. Yeah. How can a town be like, shaped like an airplane? If you look at it from uh, the sky, it looks like an airplane. Is, okay, That's so they, they there's do like in South wings America. going out. They make towns that are shaped like airplanes. No, just like the Did, buildings are laid out to look like an airplane. They need to hire American architects so they can build a real city. I just want. That's to know, why they're third world. I want to know why. I, why not I uh, a giant pentagram or I don't know? I mean, in South America, Christ on the cross or something. Or a burrow. <laughs> I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not sure. All right, we're done. We're so done. On the, the sick and wrong star scale, if you think about it, okay, this guy capped himself on live television. It's been done before. Bud in, Dwyer. In America. Yeah, Bud I'm, Dwyer, we, the we senator. Orig- we originate everything here. Exactly. That's why I'm thinking it's kind of trite. And it's like Bud Dwyer right, did Right, but it. Bud Dwyer didn't kill himself this week, and i got to work with stuff that's happened this week, okay? <laughs> yeah, but he was at a press conference in front of millions viewing. I mean, how many people wa- How many people in Argentina even own a television? Seriously. Well, his four kids were there, and the Bumblebee. That's five. <laughs> yeah, I guess. If he had been wearing Actually, a- I didn't mention this, though. And I'm, I, I, I'm sorry to go back, but... This is kind of a little, not a thought experiment, but maybe it's a thought experiment. Um, And I'm trying to find it now. Oh, the gruesome images. So this was a live program. So it obviously not live. live, But then the gruesome images were later broadcast nationwide. Like, again, they showed it again, like, at 9 p.m. And then again on the 11 o'clock news. Do you think that would happen in the United States, or would they... Maybe show a still of it. Nah, I don't you think, think they, they would try and be respectful and not yeah. show it. Although it would be all over the internet. I think it would be all over the internet, much like where I saw this. But I think they would block it out on the news, like put a big yeah. black square over it or something. But it's funny. It's like, I guess in South America, it's like, wow, we need ratings because nothing really cool ever happens here. Yeah. You know, it's just drug lords and all. But so what I'm saying is Bud Wire did it. It was 
much more messier, and it was also in front of millions of people during a press conference, like a nationwide press conference. Had he been wearing a bumble suit, bumblebee suit, I'd give it a five. I'm giving it a four point five. Um, I'm actually going to go even lower than four point five. I think I'm going to give it a three point seven five, uh, solely because if you watch the video, he's on his balcony, um, and he blows his brains out towards the uh, you know the outside direction of the balcony. Which, if you're going to blow your brains out on TV, could you please sit next to a white wall? <laughs> or towards the I camera. Ask. Wouldn't that be great to have spatter on the camera? That would be all right, too, but I like to see the Rorschach pattern on the wall. That's, yeah, that's no, what I'm that'd into. That would be cool. So, 3.75. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. My story this week for episode uh, 150 involves, it's an Australian story, which we've been doing a lot recently. We gotta have a little bit of a, like a uh, moratorium on Australian stories. That's what I'm but dude, for. Australia is a hotbed of sick and wrong activity. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. A lot of fucked up people live in Australia. I don't know if it's because they're inbred, or I if they if came over, or if the, they're... I wonder if it's because of the seasons, because, uh, you know... When people when it's hot, people go crazy, and up here it's the winter time. But down there, because they're in the southern hemisphere, it's hot, and more sick stuffs happening down there just in this time of year. You know, I mean, that that could be a good point. I'm not sure, but I mean, look at their entertainment. They watch like the crocodile hunter shove his finger up animals' bum holes. Uh, even worse, they watch the crocodile hunter's daughter shove yeah, her finger exactly, up animals' bum exactly. holes. And so, she is horrible. I think it's something in the water. Maybe it's the beer they drink, Fosters. I don't know the additives. I have no uh, idea. I don't know what else it could be. But nevertheless, there's a lot of sick and wrong activity that takes place in Australia, especially in the Northern Territories. So a Northern Territory woman wakes during surgery, but is paralyzed and unable to scream. Wow. It's one of my worst nightmares here. Yeah. Up there with deep sea fishing. <laughs> a Northern Territory woman says she will have nightmares for the rest of her life after a horrific operation gone wrong at the Alice Springs Hospital. During the ordeal, Rebecca Jones, only 24 years old, claims she woke up during abdominal surgery and could feel every cut of the surgeon's knife. But she was unable to scream for help as the anesthesia had paralyzed her, her mouth, basically. Uh-huh. So it's kind of like that movie Johnny Got His Gun. You know that, uh, that movie where the dude has, where he has no limbs, no face, but yet he's trying to like tap his, what, stump? To, like, say, kill me. Yeah, in I Morse never code. saw the movie or read the book, but I saw the Metallica video. One video, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's my whole knowledge of that classic of literature. But, I mean, think of the horror, dude. You're, like, sitting there, unable to say... Are hey. her eyes open? No. She can just feel... She could it. even open her eyes. She okay. could just feel the cutting and yeah. the pain. I've heard of this before. This is kind of a phenomenon. I think they even made a movie uh, about it with Hayden Christensen, young Darth Vader. Dude, I, I mean, could you imagine... It's got to be a fate worse than death. Uh, you know I have a surgery phobia, so yeah. let's, I'm not even going to okay. talk. I'm not going to think about it at all. Because you'll sway the voters. I'm not even going to score this. <laughs> <laughs> Miss Jones said she woke up as doctors were about to start the operation. So they hadn't even begun yet. They're uh -huh. just about to start. Okay. She was paralyzed. I'm of, in my mind, I'm imagining a My Little Pony episode, <laughs> cartoon episode right now. So that's my responses will be in response to that going on in my head while you read. She was paralyzed and could not even open her eyes, but could hear and feel everything. She says, I was aware of everything that was happening to me. I thought the doctors had woke me up because surgery was over. I quickly realized this was not the case. 
Are you thinking of Smurfs now? No, I'm, I like the the unicorn My Little Pony. <laughs> unicorn She's My the Little cutest. Pony. As long as there's no bestiality involved, that's fine. Um, don't talk to me in about five minutes. If, <laughs> that part's coming up. It first hit me when I tried to take a breath. I couldn't move and started to panic. I could feel them cutting me open. I can't describe how it felt. I've never felt anything like it before. <laughs> Ponies. I think the reason she can't describe it, seriously, if you look at her, she, look like, she looks like a slack-jawed inbred. And not to mention, she's like at least 300 pounds. How much anesthesia do you think it would take to think, put down a 300-pounder? Do, do you think they skimped on the anesthesia because she's got, like, hillbilly health insurance? Uh, you know, I think they gave her a normal... <laughs> Probably. Oh, back to my little pony. Shit. <laughs> I think they gave her a normal dosage, but it was she's just like, huge. and she's so fat. It's like, I mean, given like a hippo, a Tylenol, it's like, yeah. you're not going to do anything. So you don't have a lot of, a whole lot of faith in the anesthesiologist. Like given that that's like his whole life of study is dosing the person appropriately <laughs> for their weight and everything. You think he just has like a shot filled with a standard amount and Wack- you, everybody gets that. Wackily, you're overlooking the fact he's an Australian anesthesiologist oh, right. so he's probably already drank like three big cans of fosters at this point wait 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 isn't that what they use for anesthesia down there? <laughs> how many we're we gonna need with this one she weighs about 300 stone fosters fosters australian for anesthesia <laughs> She says, uh, I was freaked out, and then I actually managed to move my hand, and someone in the room noticed it. He said, she just moved her hand, but they kept going. I was trying to (laughs) scream to do anything, but I couldn't. Extend middle finger to surgeon. (laughs) In a written statement, um, Ms. Taylor, the hospital's general manager, conceded that Ms. Jones had been awake during the operation to remove her gallbladder, but she denied the hospital knew of her pain. I don't know. I mean, she's a hog. I wouldn't concede that if I was the surgeon. Would I'd you be like, just deny it? What are you talking I'd about? I'd be like, no, that didn't happen. I'd just be like, no, no you, you look d- like you're out. You might have dreamed that you're in pain, but that was a surgery dream. You How could a- she prove it? Yeah, you can't. <laughs> I mean, there's no way. I mean, there's no way that she could say that. But So Miss Jones said the hospital staff had been well aware of her agony. My husband was told that it almost died on the operating table. I guess doctors said that the heart machine was going crazy, oxygen levels were low, and her blood pressure was high. Oh, well, maybe that's how they prove it. <laughs> I know, she's... We, we are not doctors here, people. We don't know anything. She's considering legal action against the hospital. Whether yeah. it will happen or not, I'm not, Malpractice I'm not sure. Malpractice is the way to go. I mean, you can make a lot of money doing that. Those doctors, you know, they're rich. The Dude, they make so much money. money. But don't they have socialized health care in Australia? Probably. I think everywhere does, except for the United States. Don't yeah, they? I imagine. So I don't know how much money they make there. But So on the sick and wrong star scale... Getting feeling and actually experiencing your stomach being cut open and organs being removed. Right. And not being able to say, hey, give me some more morphine, you fuckers. I'm giving this a 4.85. Well, I liked it when uh, the blue pony made the cupcake for (laughs) the unicorn one that was purple. Uh, I give that episode a (laughs) 4. A 4. Okay. You know, I'm not even gonna take your. If there was more hot pony on pony action, I would score it higher. At least you weren't boning the ponies. I'm just happy to hear that. We'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one. (laughs) So we received a pretty good listener submission here for episode 150. Real quick, I want to make an honorable mention. We probably had about 25 people send this story in. Did you read this one, Wackley? A widow was killed by her husband's coffin. This is the honorable mention. Yeah, it's yeah, an honorable mention. Like 25 people sent this in. Like a Brazilian woman, 67 years old, 
It's on our way to the cemetery when the hearse she was traveling in was hit by another car. The coffin was thrown forward by the impact and slammed into her head, killing her instantly. Wait a minute. Is she from that town that shaped like an airplane? <laughs> I, you know, they don't actually specify that. Where's but, the, uh, is the cemetery on the wingtip? <laughs> I think it's in the cockpit. I, yeah, I love that story. I, I wonder if he just hated her in life and was always trying to get back at her and this was his final chance. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah, you know, I wonder if or if it's just like, you know, she was having an affair with this gold digging whore of a wife. But dude, she's 67. He was 76. So I kind of doubt it. But who knows? I mean, he might have hated her his whole life. And this was his last act of revenge. <laughs> I I'm going to keep that. That's going to be the story in my mind. So anyway, that's uh, the honorable mention this week. We did have 25 people send it yeah, in. Thank it's you. It's just so short, though. There's nothing yeah. really to go on about. So the listener submission we're going to do for 150 came courtesy of Erin. She says, hey, guys, I've been an avid listener for a couple months and thought you might like this article. Keep up the good work, Erin. Man carefully planned his chainsaw death after losing eviction battle with developers. This is similar. Anytime you're going to use a chainsaw for anything, you should be careful. So I commend him for carefully yeah. planning it. I, exactly. I mean, this guy. Because you could get hurt. Well, but at the same time. You got to put the, on the, safety glasses <laughs> and all that shit. But he Gloves. had the forethought to like take the precautions to actually like rig it up. So he was going to cut his head completely off. Uh-huh. You know, he wasn't messing around here. He didn't want to take any yeah. chances. Norm Abrams would be proud. But who's Norm Abrams? <laughs> Is this like a, a home improvement show or something? Have you something? ever seen This Old House, the original home improvement show? Remember, no. Bob, you know who Bob Vila is? Oh, yeah, 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 Bob well, Vila. Well, Norm Abrams was the guy who actually did all the work, and Bob Vila was just a dumbass spokesperson, and at some point, Bob Vila got kicked the fuck off This Old House, because Norm was like, fuck you, I did all the work, and you're just an asshole. Yeah, but dude, Bob Vila had a fine head of hair. You know he was getting just getting yeah. good coke and getting some fine Top grade ass. Yeah, Norm Abrams is not a good looking man. <laughs> he does not have that going for him. He was just but jealous. Anyways, but he would is, approve of this. This was similar, though, to another story. Man, I think we did uh, a few months ago, we did a story about a guy who killed himself with a chainsaw. Oh, Jesus. What? Yeah, didn't we do a story with a guy? No, like, no, we did a story. It wasn't a chainsaw. He rigged up a contraption with like a, a medieval broad axe or something. Oh, was it something like that? And it was like. A, a year ago, well, <laughs> not I, two months. I'm yeah. Well, my you have know, you been doing math or something? <laughs> yeah, but this show kind of warps my sense <laughs> of time. It seriously does. I mean, all the stories just kind of flow together. It's just one sick and you're wrong right. like you're parabola. Right. I have no idea. Maybe it was two months ago, and I'm <laughs> fucked up. I don't know. So the last resident in a block of flats here in Sheffield, England, due to be demolished, uh, the last resident here cut his own head off with a chainsaw to highlight the injustice of being asked to move out. Desperate. Now, was this public housing? No, he was paying for it. I mean, okay. this is where he lived for Renter, years. Or, he, or this was like his condominium? Renter. Hmm. Desperate David File, 50 years old, plugged the electric chainsaw into the main switch and attached a timer to the socket. He then wrapped cello tape, which I imagine is just scotch tape, around the machine's trigger to secure it in the on position and tied the handle of the saw to a table leg to hold it steady. He then rested the saw on his neck and waited for the timer to go off. This is like a Rube Goldberg suicide device. <laughs> exactly, dude. It's, it's a Rube Goldbergian suicide device contraption throughout his entire house. I know. I wish there was like a hamster involved. It's kind of like the beginning of Pee Wee Herman. Remember when he would make his uh, breakfast? I haven't seen that movie in 
like 15 years. Oh, like, yeah, this no whole contraption that could, like... out of my brain by alcohol. <laughs> he could make, like, toast and eggs at the same time, and uh, I think he'd drink Mr. T cereal. Coming back to me. It's yeah. coming back to me, yeah. Well, this is the same thing, except this guy wasn't making breakfast. He was decapitating himself. With a chainsaw. With a chainsaw, no less. Well, what I wonder, though, so he rested the saw on his neck and waited for the timer to go off. How long do you think he set it for? Five minutes? I don't know. It's going to be a long five minutes. You know, you know that part in uh, the original Austin Powers, <laughs> or maybe it's the second one where the fat bastard. Uh, the one where a lot of vagina. Going, no. <laughs> this wasn't even that funny, and now that you've spread it out over all the time, it's less funny. But they're going to the moon, and he gets in the rocket, and he has that loud, annoying bitch. Dr. Evil's like henchman, the loud and oh. He says countdown from, Frau, from 20. Frau, forbidden or something. And yeah. she starts counting down. And it's like, holy fuck, this is going to take, you know, 20 minutes, not whatever, five minutes. It seems like you'd set it for five minutes and you'd sit there and for two. There. And then you'd be like, this is lame. I'm not going to see it for another three. And then you get up and set it for like 15 seconds. Well, I wonder what was going through his head. Like, do you think he was thinking that about that, that Monty Python song? Look on the bright side of life. Like, I, I, you know, you know that I song and so. yeah. <laughs> when they're all hung up on the cross. Yeah. I, I just wonder, I mean, you're sitting there like, okay, well, I'm going to die in exactly four minutes and 45 seconds. And now he succeeded at this. This was a successful suicide attempt. The Black I mean, and Decker chainsaw. It's uh, successful. Yeah. It? The chainsaw sliced through his neck in an instant, but kept going for a further 15 minutes afterwards. Please. <laughs> just sawing through, <laughs> through the floor, whipping in a circle. Splattering blood everywhere. Police uh, and paramedics found his blood-soaked body at his flat uh, near Southampton, Hampshire, after his father raised the alarm. Uh, I guess he had lived in the flat for about eight years and was the last resident in the block and had resisted 11 offers of a new home. So he just refused to move out of his domicile. Were his porns hit under the floorboards or something and he couldn't remember where they were or something? Dude, yeah. this guy's a 50-year-old bachelor. Could you imagine the size of his porn stash? Enormous. Seriously, like his, <laughs> his, like every floorboard has porn under it at that point. His mother and father. I mean, this guy's unmarried, fifty-year-old bachelor. His mother and father are gonna walk into his place and they're gonna like you know open up the closet. They gotta get rid of their son's belongings. Right, and the the chainsaw just went through the floorboards under his neck. So there's a bunch of porn there with his blood, neck blood all over it. Dude, there's probably like. Kitty porn, who knows? Bestiality porn, porn, porn that a parent you'd never want your father or mother to find out that you I own. think you're stretching there. But seriously, I don't think dude. there's any reason to believe this guy was into bestiality porn or kitty porn. Well, here's what I bet there is, though huge bush porn from like <laughs> 1971. You know? The guy is in his 50s, I know. Yeah, and he liked English bras. Like, and they like all had huge, huge bushes. Bush. I mean, the bushes are so big, maybe you'd think it was bestiality porn <laughs> when you first look at it. It would take a couple of minutes to be like, is this, is this, a, is this a wolf? <laughs> this guy's fucking, like, oh no, no, it's just some girl from the 70s. Or could you see his father's just like, I never knew a bird could have a bush that big. <laughs> well, his mom probably does have a bush that big, so he probably does, in fact, know it. Dude, he's his, probably His dad shocked. is more into the later porn that this guy acquired, like, last week, where, like, I never knew a bird could be shaved like a plucked chicken. But, <laughs> but what I'm saying, though, it's like, it's it's got to be embarrassing for the parents to actually have to go through and find out, wow, my son really was a sexual deviant. Well, is this guy insane? I mean, how nice was this apartment? They, they is it really about the apartment, or is he just 
have like major, major mental problems. He says he's making a statement. That's what I wonder. So the the police. To who? To, well, well, we'll get to that. The uh, the the people who own the uh, the the complex here. The police said they broke in the flat using a crowbar before making their way into the lounge, where they found his body dressed in underpants and a t-shirt. That's a good outfit to wear when you're going to cut your head off. I'm glad that the article uses the term underpants instead of underwear <laughs> because I hate the term underwear. Why? I just hate it. I don't know why. It's just creepy. Underwear. Underpants. Like, you don't call something what you do with it. You wear underpants. You don't pants your underwear. Yeah, but underwear. This are is not... getting into Jerry Seinfeld territory, so let's just. This is semantics, on. but underwear aren't exactly pants. That's what I'm saying. It's In like if England, you're wearing full are. pants. In England, okay. they don't even say the under. They're just your pants. They just say Johnny's, not no, the pants. That's Skibbies? a condom. Johnny's oh, okay. economy, but your pants are your underpants. <laughs> I wonder if, at least he wasn't wearing a t-shirt and a Johnny. That'd be worse. So the carpet was covered by a layer this guy's of blood. Never wearing a Johnny. Never worn a Johnny. <laughs> the carpet was covered by a layer of blood, and the ceiling above his head was splattered with blood. He could see an electric chainsaw embedded in the man's neck. The blade was about three quarters of the way through, so it didn't actually sever his head off completely. Maybe you want to take that back for a refund. It says the handle of the chainsaw had been tied by a white string to a table leg, and the trigger had been tied up by tape. It was connected to a timer switch, which was plugged into the wall. I, apparently, his head was still attached by the right shoulder, and it was lying on the left side. Does that make any sense? No. I was trying to picture this. So his head's still attached on the right shoulder, but it's hanging off the left? That doesn't make any sense. A large area of the carpet had blood splattered all over it because the way the Black & Decker chainsaw had been spinning around. Uh, apparently it made a bit of a mess there. So, a little backstory here. File, Mr. File here, the bachelor. How do you spell his name? P-H-Y-A-L-L. Yeah. Fial. File. He killed himself two days before his body was found. So it must have been quite a, uh, like a smelly scene. The well, he's the walk only into. resident in the building, right? He's the last one there. It's the last one there. reported it. So the inquest heard that on April 18th, a letter was sent to all the residents of the block by the First Wessex Housing Group saying that the building was going to be demolished. However, Mr. File refused to leave his one-bedroom flat and had been taken to court by the association. Two weeks before his death, the housing group had been awarded possession of the flat, giving them legal entitlement to evict his ass. Recording a verdict of suicide... <clears throat> Deputy Central Hampshire Simon Burge said Mr. File had killed himself in a bid to make a statement. Do you think they really care about this man's statement? No, well, I think they do. I think the people who... Is it? I still understand if this is a government-owned building. No, it's or... a housing group that okay. uh, that owns it. It's a pri probably a private housing group that owns this complex. They're going to demolish it, build a huge condominium, and probably you know sell these units for... Three times the amount that Mr. File was paying. Yeah, the statement seems to be, congratulations, you win, to which, it, to which I would be if I was the whatever head of the housing group. Great. <laughs> what, I find awesome. funny, what I find funny about it is the guy was offered a new home by yeah. the housing group, but yeah. yet he refused to leave his old He's home. He's nuts. I think it's because the porn this stashes. Is not, it's not a logical, even if you were to consider a suicide to be a logical answer to anything, it's not a logical thought process that he's going through here well he wanted to draw attention to the injustice injustice he felt that being asked to move out of his flat right but that's not this that's not the message anybody even you know non-housing group people are going to take from it they're just going to take it that this guy was crazy 
he was an insane man. But yeah. I mean, this happens in San Francisco. There's a lot of people that live in, you know, they've lived in units for like 10 years, 15 years. Oh, 50, five zero years. And they, they pay like, what, $120 a month? Yeah, I hate those fuckers. Well, exactly. And landlords are dying to evict these people. I mean, they're, they're trying to find any legal loophole that they can use to evict these people. Right. And uh, yeah, and it's, it's weird. I mean, eventually they do end up kicking them out, but... I've never heard Not of anyone. Always of you know, I think very, that happens very rarely. Usually, the landlord just waits till the person dies. Well, you, you know that guy Sleazy E, who we've had on the show, our yeah. our English buddy. Yeah, Ian's been living in his place for a good like eight or nine years. Right. So I wonder if the landlord evicted him if he would try to commit a similar act of rebellion. Oh, I love this apartment. <laughs> I'm I'm just gonna end it. This flat is my home, mate. I'm not gonna take it this way. I think the best way for him to go out would be, um, dude. He owns guns. No, I was just gonna say he should like hook up with some random girl from the bar and then invite that crazy ex girlfriend over to, like to, <laughs> and like leave the door open so she'd walk in on them and and she would and she would pelt him with cats till he died. Yeah, or just you know she'd probably bring a chainsaw just of her own. Dead cats everywhere in the apartment. <laughs> now that be now cats, that would be a statement. A cat duct du- duct taped to a chainsaw and she would throw that at him. <laughs> so on the sick and wrong star scale, the guy cut his own head like, off. I regret nothing. <laughs> So on the sick and wrong star scale, the guy cut his head off with a chainsaw. Yeah, regardless planned, of the reason. I mean, completely that's just premeditated awesome. and with a timer. Carefully planned. Dude, I mean, he had to sit there with the blade against his neck, I know. waiting. I hope, I, got, I, I, hope, I hope that he did have safety glasses on. Because <laughs> you don't want to put an eye out. Yeah, yeah you don't want to get the, 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 the brain. Especially the, if you The botched. blood matter in your face. You or know? some bone matter. Especially if you botched the suicide. Because you know? you're going to be walking around with a very strange posture. And then to have one of your eyes out, it's going to be adding insult to injury. I do wonder how painful it was, though. Because it only went three quarters of the way through. Extremely. <laughs> so on the second round, did he take a bunch of uh, I don't know, like uh, you know, sleeping pills beforehand? I think what? he just jacked off to all his deviant porn that he had in his house until he passed out. <laughs> so on the second wrong star scale, I'm going to give this. I think I'm going to give this a four point eight five, same as I scored my story. Um, I will give it a four point seven five, just because I like to stay with vaguely around figures <laughs> you're a contrarian but we did have that guy who did basically the same thing in the states but he was out in the woods and he like i said he was using some type of a, an axe yeah or a contraption or something this some contraption sort. sounds better though much more uh elaborate yeah and i think there's some forethought in this that's why i think i've scored a little bit higher we'll see what the listening audience has to say about that one go vote people you can decide who won episode 150 sick and wrong podcast.com Hi, this is Bob Madigan, and you're listening to Sick and Wrong. Perfect. <laughs> so, you can bank on that. Well, actually, we're nearing the end of the show. As usual, we get to calls to the Sick and Wrong Drunk Dial Hotline. People can call the hotline at 206-666-3846, or uh, send us an email, sickandwrongpodcast at uh, hotmail.com. I know we received a few phone calls, and uh, a couple of the phone calls we got were actually from people we haven't heard from in a while. Right. So, uh, yeah, let's get to uh, call number one here. Hey, P. Mr. Wackerly. Trucker Paul. Trucker Paul. All right. Uh, <clears throat> I've been so fucking behind. I'm saying to you guys, I'm only up to 146. I, uh, I got good news and bad news. Uh-oh. The good news is uh, my wife and I had our third baby, a little girl. 
Nice. Uh, right after Halloween there. Uh, the bad news is, is I went into the doctor at the same Well, if you think about it, that's probably why we haven't heard from him in a while, because he's been busy with his new child. I will give him a pass for that. Yeah, I'm going to give him a pass for that, too. You know, Trucker Paul, when you have a kid, we excuse you for not listening to the show. And that goes for anybody out there. If you have children and uh, you just uh, your wife just said labor and you just you have a brand new newborn. Nine months of morning sickness and all that. Yeah, you know, you don't have to keep up with the show, okay? It's fine. We forgive you. The we rest were... of you, no forgiveness. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's the bad news here? Uh, the bad news is, is I went into the doctor at the same time, found out I got diabetes. Uh-oh. So diabetes. I'm on fucking medic, three different kinds of medication shit. I gotta test my blood all the time. But I'll tell you, the good thing is I'm losing weight like, like a fucking Olsen twin. <laughs> I started at 304, it's been about a month, and I'm down to... 283, so I guess 21 pounds. That's like two Olsen twins. Yeah. I guess you could say for, you know, 21 pounds, that could just be one hell of a good shit for me, but <laughs> I don't know if a Walmart <laughs> could hold it. <laughs> <laughs> a couple hey, uh, 146, I heard Lance say that he's a big Deadwood fan. And I just got into it. I downloaded illegally from Torrent. And I noticed, uh... You know, that kind of cracks me up, dude. Even truckers know how to use torrents. I know. Well, Trucker Ball is a very technologically savvy trucker. I mean, yeah. he's got his PSP. He downloads this show and listens to podcasts. He's tech savvy. He knows much more about than... Walmart bags. <laughs> Walmart bag technology. And, uh, what, piss bottles that he throws out of the car? Yeah, he's very technologically advanced. Yeah, I we're, think... And, and, we're, and we're both Deadwood fans. Yeah, we're, no, actually, I love Deadwood. It's an amazing show. It's an amazing show. It has a, an amazing amount of swearing in it, so I think it's right up Trucker I Paul's think, alley. Yeah, I can understand why Trucker Paul could relate to that show. So it's, it's not a surprise to me that he likes it. Uh, I think there's only three seasons. I didn't know if he knew if there was more or not. But when I watched the first episode, and that chick in there said cunt, I've never heard a woman say cunt in my life. Yeah. I thought that was the funniest thing I've ever heard, so I'm, I'm hooked. i got to watch all three seasons. So. Yeah, well, you're just starting out. <laughs> well, guys, uh, call, talk to you later. Lick my diabetes balls! <laughs> you just say, lick my diabetes balls? Yeah. I, it's been a while since I watched it, because like he said, there's only three seasons, and it's kind of ended a while ago, although I keep hoping they come out with another season. I thought maybe there's four. I can't remember. Well, no, I heard that they're going to make a movie yeah, I've heard that out of too, it, but, but I, I Yeah, I haven't heard anything recently. My faith is decreasing as the months go by. But people, if you haven't checked out Deadwood, you definitely should. It's probably one of the best series I've seen on HBO. Do you remember the name of the character who's like Al Swearingen's right-hand man? The big guy? Yeah. I imagine now, that's kind of what Trekker Paul looks like, or maybe a, a little bit younger Trekker Paul looks like. He probably, I mean, he probably did kind of look like that. You know, I, I wish I, I remember the character's name, but I just can't place it. Well, I always imagine Trucker Paul to be a big guy. So that's yeah. when he said he's like 300 pounds. Was 300. Now was 300. 280. Now 280, but 21 pounds. Yeah. It's you know, too bad he, about the diabetes, but uh, let's do a shot to his new baby girl. 
Yeah, we shouldn't. I hope he didn't name her after one of us. I hope it's not named uh, Crystal. (laughs) Yeah, I hope he didn't name his kid Lance. Well, you know, you don't know the reason Trucker Paul's probably losing a lot of weight is when you have diabetes, you can't what you can't eat sugar anymore. Drink or drink sugar. How much? How much soda do you think Trucker Paul consumed on a regular basis? I would think it's probably more like candy bars and yeah, maybe Mountain Dew. I I just picture him cruising around that truck eating huge fried pieces of dough, like elephant ears. Well, what else are you going to eat on the road? Exactly. That's, yeah. you know, potato chips, stuff like that. So it's probably a good thing for his health that uh, now he's uh, slimming down. Watching his diet. Yeah, the diabetes. The diabetes diet. Well, Trucker Paul, we wish you the best, and congratulations, Hardy Mazeltov, on right. having a new kid. And keep track of that, because we don't want you, uh, well, we don't want you dying, but we also don't want you crashing your truck and, and causing some huge conflagration. Yeah, so make sure you measure your insulin shots. <laughs> Although it's good to hear back from Trucker Paul. It's been too long. Way yeah, too long. Way too long. So who, who do we have here for call number two? Uh, I think your name is Bunny. Bunny. I always like that name for Chip. Hi, Dan Lance. It's Rebecca or Bunny, um, whichever. She sounds um, young. Yeah. I sent you an email the other day, and you told me to call the hotline, so I am. Um, I was just going to relay the experience I had with Salvia. Um, pretty much it just sucked. She's too young um, to do Salvia. Me and my boyfriend, you know, we had a hard time trying to find it, um, but we were actually able to get some uh, at a porn shop. <laughs> and we paid way too fucking She's too young to look at porn. The 20X. But we decided to try it anyway. So we went home. 20X. We made a makeshift little bong. What is 20X? Like the strength of the salvia? Did, yeah, that's like half the strength of the salvia that we did. No, no, we did 50X. So maybe she could only find 20X there. Maybe she had a better experience. Yeah, she might have. Let's, Let's see. see. And took a couple of hits. And yeah, it was pretty good at first. Um... To me, it was kind of like huffing gas, which I've only done a couple of times. Is that how it was for you? Was you know, it similar to your gas huffing experiences? You, you know, I haven't huffed too much gas in my uh, 30 years of life here. But, what about uh, Scotchgard? Spray everybody paint, has, spray paint. Everybody has Scotch card. You know, I've, I've stuck a few Sharpies up my nose, but it, yeah, I don't know if I'd compare it to huffing gas, but hey, you know, it, she's young. I mean, maybe it's they have a different experience. Yeah. Um, but it, it really wasn't that good. You get floaty and weird, and then you're just crashed. It was not good. <laughs> it did give me some really fucked up dreams, though. Um, I can only really remember two. Uh, the first dream, um, I was getting undressed, and I was taking off my socks. And uh, I have a tattoo nice. on my foot. Barely legal. And as I was pulling off my sock, the tattoo just lit off and stuck to the sock and I was just like what the fuck is going on you know so I tried to peel it off the sock and Wait, hold, hold on a second is this like her ankle tattoo uh, I'm imagining Tweety Bird I'm picturing with a some, joint I'm picturing some kind of dolphin with a joint dolphin you're probably closer <laughs> maybe Sonic the Hedgehog or is she too young for that <laughs> I don't think girls like Sonic all that much they love Sonic you don't know that Wackerly as I was doing that the tattoo on my chest started sliding down. So I was just like, you know, freaking out because I was like, oh my God, it's going to cost me so much money to have these put back on. <laughs> I'm trying to get them to stick. You know, the economy like, is bad. <laughs> you know, if you, if you think about it, it's probably a good thing that her uh, tattoos are probably being removed. Because <laughs> she's, what, what, do you think she's like 19? 
No, I think she sounds younger. I think she's probably mid twenties. Mid twenties. I want to know what Bunny. You you got to call back and tell us what your tattoo tattoos are of because I'm picturing like, yeah, seriously, like Tasmanian devil or uh, some kind of dolphin. I mean, what are you picturing? The same. <laughs> okay. A unicorn. <laughs> yeah, like a unicorn tattoo or something. So so call us and uh, let us know what you have. Stickers. I mean, it was it was just stupid. So anyway, the next dream I had actually involved. You and Lance. Now that's weird. And, uh, and that one, I was back in high school. I was living at home in my dad's house, and you guys came over like after school to hang out. You know, it was really like. <laughs> Does she not know how old we are? So. Seriously, like I mean, we're both thirty-three years old. We don't go over to eighteen-year-old girls' houses to hang out all that often. You don't. Well. <laughs> That's because you got that hook up on the roof and all. Really lame. I remember trying to entertain you guys, and uh, Dee kept making fun of the music I was listening to, and Lance mm. just kept looking through all my comic books. <laughs> Being an asshole, pretty much. But uh, Did yeah, this really happen? Okay. <laughs> I ended up making you guys some cookies, and then uh, I made you go home because I had to go to bed early. Oh, is it really cool? Pretty much when it comes down to it, Salvia sucks. Don't do it unless you've got a lot of it to do and if you're even in the mood. Because, trust me, after doing, like, two hits of it, I didn't even want it anymore. For the money that you're spending, you may as well just go buy a bunch of weed. You'll, uh, excuse me, you'll feel better longer, and you'll get more out of it. Thanks. Wait, she said buy some gasoline? No, weed. Oh, weed. Okay. Weed. <laughs> I was about to say, it's like, you know what? I don't know if I'd recommend gas huffing over salvia. Uh, it might might be me. Yeah, I have to say this sounds like one of those drug PSAs from high school where they're telling you how horrible it is, but when you're in high school, you're like, well, that sounds actually pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you when know, you're you have weird dreams about you know people you don't really know and your you know crazy tattoos are gonna be sliding off your skin and it's just gonna be wacky. Seriously, no, all the adolescents that listen to this show are like. Dude, I really fun. want Salvia now. You know what kind of bums me out about this phone call? It's like you have a girl calling us up saying, wow, I had a dream about you guys. No sex involved at all. Her dream yeah. about us were you looking at comic books and me criticizing her musical taste. I think I was generally being an asshole, is what she said. Yeah, so, you know... There was no Eiffel Tower. There were no finger cuffs. But he, I know exactly. Like, I like to think that most girls have this, like, fantasy of me and you, like, totally Eiffel Towering them, you know? Yeah. Like... You know, double penetration kind of thing, but no, it's it's not. It's even it's, in dreams, we're pretty lame. It's you looking at comic books and me criticizing music, which probably would have been the case. Yeah, why even have a dream? That could really happen. <laughs> yeah, invite us to your house. We'll criticize your belongings. It's a waste of a dream. Well, uh, thank you, Bunny, for uh, calling in and putting your your two cents in about salvia. I think a lot of people who've tried it, and I noticed on the forum, there's a whole thread of people who have tried salvia since we we've, we've discussed it here on the show. And they have, have had a similar experience. It's just a shitty drug all in all. I don't know. I would never try it. Yeah, it might, might be me. I, yeah, I'm not sure. People, you can call the Sick and Wrong hotline at 206-666-3846. And uh, yeah, leave us a phone call. But you got to be drunk or high. Uh, Wackily, we got a number of emails to uh, sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. The first one here came from P-Funk. P-Funk says, I'm going to San Francisco for Thanksgiving. Hell of a destination for Thanksgiving. Uh-huh. He says he's staying with one of his fraternity brothers in the Lower Haight. I've never been to San Francisco before. 
Wondering if you would tell me the names of a few gay bars worth checking out. My straight friend has no clue where to send me. Maybe where does your brother Jeff and Mattress work? Let me know. I arrive on Thursday. In return, I'd be glad to hook you up with comps to a club or show next time you're in Vegas. Thanks. P-Funk. You know what's interesting about this email? I wonder if he's in a gay fraternity. No, that, because well, no, because the other guy's straight. Not going to go with him, which I think is a shitty thing to do. I mean, he's your he's your bro. And he's your frat bro. You can go to a gay bar with your frat bro. You don't have to be gay. You can dude, let everybody know that you're straight and you're just there with your out of town friend. Think how many gay activities frat boys, you know, engage in on a regular basis. Well, maybe he's had his fill. Oh, okay, he's the just kind of. He's just this like, guy yeah. obviously hasn't. No, P Funk over here is just like, now. I, you know what probably happened? P Funk was straight when he went into the frat, and then as soon as he was in there for a good year and went through the initiation and all the gooky cookie and all that, mm-hmm. he was like, yeah, I'm really gay now. Turned him. So, so P Funk, uh, you're kind of asking the wrong dudes here. We don't hang out at that many gay bars. But if you want to go check out my brother's bar, it's called The Edge. And it's supposed to be a pretty cool place, people. If you go to San Francisco, um, go check out the it's edge. It's close to the Lower Height. I mean, it's right in the corner of the Castro in the Castro. Area. But I mean, I it, don't even know that many cool straight bars. So this is not, it's not a gay straight thing. I just don't know where to send people, anyways. But it's funny though that the guy would ask us, you know, where to go. It's like, dude, seriously, go to the Castro, and there's about. 20 gay Start bars. Start at one end yeah. and walk to the other and you'll have your pick of any kind of gay bar you want. Yeah, I mean, like, my brother's bar is like a leather bar. There's, like, Twinkie bars. There's bars... I mean, seriously, it's like, I don't think you're going to have a problem finding a gay bar in San Francisco. Yeah, there's a blind probably a gay bar for gay guys who think they might be straight. And, and they can try that <clears> out. And it, Yeah, I mean, exactly. I mean, I'm sure there's a frat boy gay bar somewhere around yeah, there. Yeah, probably. And I'm sure frat boys would... Uh, it's called the Alpha Omega Butthole House or something like that. <laughs> and you know what the, cool, the coolest thing about this guy is, like, you know, my, my... You know, it's the reason I don't hang out at my brother's bar all that often is because I don't like to go to the bathroom there. And I think I mentioned that before. There's I've just, been to your brother's bar twice. I've never used the bathroom. It's just a I trough. I always walk outside and across the street and pee in some alley. Yeah, it's just a trough with a mirror above it. But being <laughs> that this guy's a gay dude, I'm sure he'd probably enjoy it. So, uh, yeah, go check out The Edge. And uh, make sure you wear your sick and wrong shirt. I'm sure they'll love it. If not, I mean, there's a ton of bars in the area that you might enjoy. Yeah. But, but I mean, seriously, dude, gay people in San Francisco Cisco could get laid on the bus. So I don't think you're going to have a, a problem here. Yeah, right. So uh, I'm sure, uh, I hope you enjoy San Francisco there, P-Funk. We got an email here from Madeline. She says, hey, bitches. Last time I really wrote in was like episode 47. Wow. God, that was like, what, 100 Two episodes ago? ago. At the time, I was 16 and horny for D. But now I'm 18 and could legally rape people. Dude, you can rape people when you're 10. Not legally, though. Oh, okay. So you can only legally rape people after the age of 18? Uh, females can pretty much rape anybody at any time. And they're yeah. really rarely ever will be prosecuted for that. Yeah, I don't think it's a problem there. She says, I failed high school, so I didn't get into university. Really? <laughs> So now I'm a receptionist earning a crappy wage. The company owns, like most of the oil rigs, out in the fucking ocean. So usually around 4 in the afternoon, I start getting calls from the drunk rig hands. One called the travel chick a bitch and proceeded to try to chat me up on the phone. Even though he was so wasted, he kept moving away from the phone. Last week, one of the guys killed himself by jumping from the top of the rig onto a platform. The photos for the investigation were cool. Body splats after a 200-meter drop onto metal. 
I'll try to steal them for the sick and wrong website. Oil rigs are sick and wrong places. <laughs> Gay buggery, hands cut off, broken bones. I should get Wackerly a job on one. Talk to you soon, Madeline. What, does she want me to die? Is that the implication? <laughs> I think she wants you to die, get your hands cut off, bones broken, and then buggered by some gay oil rig hand. Here's my advice, <laughs> high school dropout. Although you sound like a nice girl, don't be stealing stuff from this job because you're going to lose it. And, you know, like, as you stated yourself, it's one of the only jobs you can get. Exactly, yeah. So uh, you should Although, probably... is, is this a sick and wrong working class hero? Sick and wrong... Oil industry uh, secretary? Yeah, she's an oil rig secretary, so she's kind of a working class hero. Yeah. Well, thanks for writing in there, Madeline. People, you can send an email to sickandwrongpodcast at hotmail.com. So if you haven't already, make sure you check out the Sick and Wrong Forum. Wackerly, I've noticed you've been on the forum quite a lot recently. There's that sci-fi thread that you've been posting like YouTube videos I on. Do not, I do not come here to be belittled about my <laughs> postings, uh, so... Well, you always say you never read my postings, dude. Seriously, yeah. I see your postings. And I would ask that you extend the same courtesy to me. Oh, believe me, I do. I'm like, I'm <laughs> well, looking what are you at saying, it. Then? I'm just looking How do you at it. You know what like, I'm posting. Lance is posting probably has something to do with Star Trek. I'm going to move on to the porn <laughs> posting here. I did. I made an extended post about science fiction movies that I think people may not know about and that I enjoy and uh, they should watch. Yeah, I'm sure that's going to impress all the ladies. If you're not into that sort of thing, don't go to it. Don't email about how fucking lame I am, about some dream you had about me. <laughs> Looking you at wanting your comic me to books. fuck you, but instead I just watch science fiction movies all the time. Just stay out of the thread and you're, unless you're interested in some good mid early 70s to late 80s science fiction movies that, you, that I recommend. Yeah, I'm going to move on to the porno thread. I, it might just be me. It might just be me. I'm not I don't talking know. to you. This wasn't addressed at you. I'm addressing this at young, attractive yeah. ladies. <laughs> so there's like over 800 new members now and some really nasty topics. Like I, we, we spoke before about the bestiality thread. Some interesting insight on the nature of bestiality. And not to mention, I think the, the other thread that I kind of like too is someone posted this sick and wrong childhood story thread and did yeah. you read kendra's sick and wrong childhood story no i'll go back and read it you should check it out it's really interesting it, it involved i'm just going to kind of paraphrase it but it involved like her and her best friend also a girl shaving like i guess like little kitty cats out of their pussies or something like that, or oh, drawing kitty cats this. on their pussies and then having to wash it off with soap. And then every day after school, they would have like a shit contest where they'd go out in the woods and see who could make the most coiled up turd. Wow. Yeah. You know who would be into that? John Steele from From the Ville, from the former From the Ville. Yeah, he used to post pictures of his feces yeah. on the website. I imagine he probably would have been a competitor. With this, yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, it's interesting. So, uh, people, make sure you go uh, sign up for the Sick and Wrong Forum. Post messages. Don't be shy. Yeah, I have to say, I used to be able to go on the forum and basically read all the threads. So, I'd always be up on everything that was on the forum. But now there's so many postings that I really do have to, like, pick and choose stuff that looks interesting to me. Yeah, no. Which is a good thing, but... It's the same thing. You know, I wish I could read them all, but I just can't. Slightly overwhelming. But no, there's a lot of action on there, so go check it out. And also, I'd like to thank everybody who's been uh, leaving comments for us on iTunes. We've got a lot of people subscribing to the show on iTunes. You're definitely helping out the show by doing that. But uh, people have been leaving some really flattering comments and five-star comments. We now have like over 70. We're soon going to be the greatest podcast of all time. 
God, I can't wait, dude. I know. Seriously, I'm going to make myself like a special jacket or something. Like yeah. One of those satin jackets. Satine. Best podcast of all time. What's the time. difference between satin and satine? I don't know. I think Satine's just gayer. <laughs> that might be that. I hope it's Satine. So, people, I just made a brand new Sick and Wrong t-shirt. I'm actually wearing it right now. What do you think of it, Wankerly? Fantastic. It is a brand new logo on the t-shirt. We're selling it right now for the holiday season. Best gift you can get to, for your loved one for Hanukkah. Available right on the website, the Sick and Wrong store. We also have some stickers that are available as well. So, make sure you order a Sick and Wrong t-shirt and be the coolest kid on your block. You can get it right at sickandwrongpodcast.com. Finally here, the Sick and Wrong Song of the Week was sent in by a guy who calls himself D, which um, I think takes after me. Yeah, he might be a stalker. He says, hey, you sexy bitches. I'm one of your gay listeners. This is my first time writing. I've been listening for about a year and have loved almost every show. Almost. It kind of <laughs> sucks when Lance isn't there, but what can you do when he has to go service all those prison inmates? Exactly. I'm not saying Lance is the better one out of the two of you. You just have a great chemistry when you're both there, and the shows are better when you're together. Does this mean that he's, like, pleasuring himself listening to the both of us speak? Uh, probably. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I have a song for the show that I hope you guys like. It's by a band called the Ogden Edsel Wahalia Blues Ensemble Mondo Bizarro Band. Jesus Christ. Shortened to Ogden Edsel. The song is called Kinko the Clown. It's a song about the sad and tragic life of a clown. I think it's appropriate for the show. Hope you can use it. They have a MySpace page at myspace.com slash O-G-D-E-N-E-D-S-L. Fuck. Have fun. D. You know what's interesting about this is I listen to that song. It is kind of disturbing. Uh-huh. But actually, you probably won't find it disturbing because you're not scared of clowns at all. No. I think they're pathetic, but they don't scare me. I don't know, dude. You listen to this clown. like you wouldn't John be... Wayne Gacy doesn't bother me. Dude, I mean, I, Dahmer is much more uh, frightening to me than Gacy. Yeah, but if you woke up in Gacy's crawl space, tied up, bound and gagged, you wouldn't be shitting your pants. <sighs> I would be shitting my pants, <laughs> but I'd be shitting. I'd be sitting on a much larger shit mountain if I woke up and Dahmer had his Black and Decker drill going into my head, which is what he did to his victims. Hey, I guess they were conscious when he was chopping them right. up. Right. I what? mean, at least Gacy might make you a balloon animal as he disembowels you. Dahmer is just going to ass rape you as, as you're laying there and your lifeblood is dripping out the hole in your head well let's say ed gein was wearing a my little pony outfit that'd be pleasant to me. <laughs> it, would, well, it would ease my pain well thank you d for sending in the song here kinko the clown by i don't even odgen edsel bizarro don't band even say yeah i'm not even gonna try to say sucks. that well people we'll be back next week with episode 151 have a happy Thanksgiving, and uh, make sure you celebrate the slaughter of many, many Indians by eating turkey and, uh, yeah, guzzling uh, cases of beer. And wine. And wine, yeah. Wine club wine. That's pretty much what we're going to be doing. We'll be back next week with episode 151. Until then, take it sleazy. Gobble, gobble. Kinko, Kinko, the kid-loving clown. If the kids just love me back, I'll never wear a frown. Kinko, Kinko, the kid-loving clown. If the kids just love me back, I'll never wear a frown. Kinko's in his Kinko car, pockets full of change. Lots of dirty pictures and sticky candy canes. All the kids love Kinko for the presents that they get. Silly leather clothes to wear and happy cigarettes. Hi, boys and girls. My name is Kinko the Clown. And I really love you boys and girls. Really, really. 
But my legs get tired standing out in the parking lot handing out stale Tootsie Rolls to you little rugrats. So if anybody wants to come back to Kinko's trailer and massage his legs, he'd really, really like it. Really, really. Kinko, Kinko, the kid-loving clown. If the kids just love me back, I'll never wear a frown. Kinko, Kinko, the kid-loving clown. If the kids just love me back, I'll never wear a frown. We go to Kinko's clubhouse sometimes after school. We play in Kinko's crawl space. There's never any rules. We have to sit on Kinko's lap. There's never any chairs. Kinko likes to tickle us and give us funny stares. <laughs> oh, gosh. I haven't had this much fun since last Christmas when I got to play Santa Claus and all the boys and girls got to sit on Kinko's lap. Mommy, Mommy, Kinko heard me. Uh, but that was in Indianapolis, and thanks to the liberal reciprocity laws, Kinko can be with you boys and girls today or any time. Jimmy Johnson ran away and didn't say Some handcuffs on his eyes were full of tears. Said, I'll be back to play with you sometime in 20 years. <laughs> Kinko, Kinko, the kid loving clown. The parents want to beat me up and run me out of town. Kinko, Kinko, the kid loving clown. Tar and feather Kinko and run him out of town. Okay, short eyes, get in the car. Uh, goodbye, boys and girls. <laughs> See you at the turn of the century, because Kinko really loves you boys and girls. 